this. Justin Jefferson put it in. Looking for A.J. Brown. He's got it. Touchdown. In trouble, T.J. Watts. I am just, like, stoked about this Lions team. Debo Samuel. There he goes. Foot on the gas. All the way. Two MVP seasons. Not overreacting, but it might be happening. Caught in the end zone. Keenan Allen. There he gets him. It is Parsons. Who takes it back at the 21. I love the upside, the athleticism. Good night. Touchdown. Chiefs win it. Week NFL 8 is upon us, and we are back here today with our NFL preview. What's going on, everybody? How is everybody doing today? Welcome back here today to the Triple Option Podcast. What's up, Tom? What's up, Dom? How are we doing today? What's up? What's up, guys? So we're recording this on Friday morning, the 27th. We're going to be running through five marquee matchups for this week. We're going to be, like usual, giving our underdog pick. And then we will also be talking about trade deadline potential candidates. It'll be kind of like the trade deadline prediction episode. And we're going to put like a percentage point on if we think these guys will actually get traded at the deadline. Because it's very different from like other trade deadlines like the NBA or the MLB. But I think we've definitely seen more trades in the NFL over the last couple of years. So uh, we will start off with the preview this week. We'll do Jacksonville against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It will be in Pittsburgh. So Steelers get kind of another home game here against a good team. Uh, They did beat the Ravens a few weeks ago at home. And the Jaguars definitely look beatable this year, but they have at least one of the better records in the league. They're at the top of the AFC South. Steelers are half a game back of the AFC North. The Jaguars are two and a half point under, or excuse me, favorites on the road here in Akershire. And I think it's going to be a good game. The Jaguars defense is not good at all, but the Steelers offense is also not good at all. So something does have to give. I'll throw it to Dom first. What, what do you think is going to happen this Sunday in Pittsburgh? Well, first, I'm disappointed in you because you called it the real name instead of Heinz Field. Oh, I know. So, I, I, fake, yeah. st- uh, fake Steelers fan right there. I know it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the Jaguars, they've won four in a row after losing to the Texans. The Steelers have won four out of five with their one loss to the Texans. So I guess this just means the Houston <laughs> Texans are good. Um Tomlin in his career against the Jaguars at home kind of struggles. He's only one in four against them. But you did mention the Jaguars look beatable. If Kenny Pickett can show up for more than 15 minutes, I like the Steelers' chances. If Watt and Highsmith can just get pressure to Trevor Lawrence, like he looked fine against the Saints, but there's no way he's 100% yet. So if they can just get constant pressure and have an offense show up for more than a half, I think do think the Steelers can win this game and I will pick them to win this game at home which would mean they'd be what five and two which I was Crazy. not expecting at the beginning of the after year after getting blown out by San Francisco this team being five and two yep. would be just wild <laughs> Tom you think the same or you, you like Jacksonville this one on the road I think I'm gonna go with the Steelers here too um I think uh, now that oh no. <laughs> they've got the, <laughs> so this is another uh, another triple hey, I didn't uh, get my prediction yet I didn't get my prediction yet uh, okay all right fair <laughs> enough um so like Don brought up, if Kenny Pickett just can be good for like two and a half quarters, like just give him like one or two good drives <laughs> in the first half, and like in the second half just play decent. Um, I think, I think they could they could definitely come away with this game. The Jaguars are super duper beatable, like Dom said. Um, all you got to do is just kind of put somebody within thirty yards of Calvin Ridley, and he'll probably one up more than two catches. So. Um, give that to Joey Porter Jr. or even Patrick Peterson at this point. How bad Calvin Ridley's been. 
Um, I do, Matt, did you, is Deontay Johnson, he popped up on the injury report today with the do not practice with the hamstring again, which stinks. Yeah. Is he, do you to play, or do you think, do the Steelers usually, like, take it easy with, um, guys, like, that are coming back off an injury like that, or do you think he actually, like, re-aggravated it? I don't know, it came up that he, uh, yeah, like, re-aggravated the hamstring injury, and I feel like for those, just for anybody, that's not a good sign, especially since he missed a couple weeks with it, uh, earlier in the season so honestly i would say it's not looking good for him to place this sunday which would be absolutely yeah, brutal. not great for somebody who just traded for him in fantasy two years ago <laughs> um but i would yeah i mean because aaron jones is a similar thing where he seemed to have been good to go and then he played like 20 percent of snaps in that one thursday night game i don't know if the steelers are like as as cautious as they are as the packers but um yeah but i think the steelers pull this out all right so I'm actually going with the Jaguars to win this one. Um, I do think that's that, just to change it up. It's not actually because you think that. No, honestly, I was thinking about this the whole way. I don't like this. I'm surprised. Like, I was kind of hoping this game would just be in Jacksonville, just so the Steelers could just chalk it up there. But this Jaguars offense, I think, is just going to torch the Steelers defense. I think like they're very similar to what the Texans kind of gave the Steelers. Like, they're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to kind of facilitate. Um, like in the middle of the field, they have multiple good receivers that I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to guard. At least, like, we know Calvin Ridley hasn't done much since week one, but I think him and Christian Kirk are going to have big days. Steelers have been all right against defending the tight end this year, and they, like, have a good tight end in Evan Ingram. And the Steelers' offense has still been so bad at so many times this year. It's hard to have that much faith in them for 60 minutes. So I'm actually going to go with the Jaguars to win this one. I do hope it's going to be close. I do hope I'm wrong. I do hope you guys get the dub in this prediction on, um, the reaction video and I get the L, but for now, I'm gonna go with the Jaguars. I guess it could be like a win-win for me, or also a lose-lose. Either way, I'm losing. So, follow-up <laughs> question. So, how much of like how much of that was self-convincing? So you can have the reasoning to pick the Steelers, so we all wouldn't pick the Steelers. Then it gives you the two, just because that would give you the okay, we all didn't pick them, so now there's more of a chance kind of thing. No, I definitely thought about the Steelers. Like honestly, I thought probably going like till we press record, I was gonna pick the Steelers. But I think like I gotta I gotta just stop thinking this Steelers team should be a five and two team. I don't think they will be. I think it just makes more sense that they're gonna be four and three, and this is gonna be a, a, probably a letdown loss, and it's just not gonna be a good one. But hey, I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope Kenny Pickett balls out. Uh, but <laughs> I think the right, past weeks enough. is not gonna really show that. Uh, so we'll hop into an NFC matchup here, also at one o'clock in Dallas, um, in Arlington. We got the Cowboys hosting the LA Rams. The Rams are coming off a pretty disappointing loss you could say to the Pittsburgh Steelers Cowboys are four and two here they do need to win to stay at least somewhat in reach of the Philadelphia Eagles in the uh, excuse me in the NFC East and this game is gonna be I think still close uh I mean Cowboys have a really good defense Rams like strong point is their offense Puka Nakuya has been phenomenal this year he completely balled out against Pittsburgh last week and I think that this game is going to be close. Uh, I'll throw out my prediction first. I do think that the Cowboys are going to win this one at home. I do think the Rams are more likely to be a 3-5 and five team. I think that's what we, at least some of us, predicted in the beginning of the season. And I think Dallas will just kind of keep rolling a little bit. Dallas definitely has a ton of flaws to them still if they want to be at the top of the NFC. But I do think they win this game at home. Uh, Tom, what do you think here? This is a tough one. I think I'm going to... I think I kind of want to pick the Cowboys here. But... The Cowboys are in desperate need of, of um, defensive backs, and that's not good when you're playing the Rams, especially with how good McVay can um, draw up, like, scheme up plays. But they they are far more talented um, on the defensive side of the ball still, Dallas. And I would say if C. Lamb can just get cooked, he's been super disappointing this year. You know what? I'm picking the Rams. 
Okay, there we go. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like trying to think of ways. I'm like, if the if the Rams can just do this and the Cowboys can just do this, I'm like, there's too much hypothetical. There's too many hypotheticals here. I think I, I want to just go with the Rams. The Cowboys got a bad secondary, and I think McVay can torch them. And I think we, at the very least, a close game. I think it's going to be a one-score game, but I'm going to take the Rams here just for the uh, added excitement. Dom, rubber rubber pick here. What do we got? Yeah, so starting off with this game, why is this a 1 p.m. game with yeah, it does L.A. Seem weird. and Dallas? Like, that makes yeah. no sense. Um, Matt Stafford has lost four straight games to the Cowboys. When Dak is home and a heavy favorite, he's 21-4. and four. Like, they win the games they're supposed to win at home. I think this is one of them. Um, we saw last week, like, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren were able to pretty much run better than they have been all year against mm-hmm, this Rams defense. Sure. So if you can do that with Tony Pollard, I think that definitely helps the Cowboys. And, I mean, the Cowboys' pass defense is still overall their strong point, which if they can limit that passing offense for the Rams, I don't see the Rams' rushing offense really being able to keep up and keep them in this game. So I think Dallas wins. I think there's a chance that this could potentially get ugly. I mean, Dallas coming off a bye, they're fully fully rested, and I just think they match up well. So Cowboys here. All right, so we're split here. Me and Dom got the Cowboys. Tom's got the Rams. Uh, we'll go to a NFC North matchup here, also another 1 o'clock game. So some solid games here at 1 o'clock. You got the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Green Bay uh, to go to the um, to play the Packers. Vikings coming off a massive Monday night win over the San Francisco 49ers, and the Packers coming off one of their worst L's of the season, losing to the Denver Broncos. I think this is going to be... I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. I do think it's going to be ugly on a lot of counts for obvious reasons. Two offenses have been okay this season. Uh, the Packers offense has been not as great as of late. It's a division matchup. I'll throw it to Dom first. What do you think happens in this NFC North matchup here in Green Bay? Yeah, so these two teams are kind of trending in opposite directions. We thought at the beginning of the year, we thought the Vikings were going to be really bad and the Packers are going to be pretty good after their starts and completely gone opposite directions. Um, the last two times these teams played in Green Bay, Green Bay just demolished them. Last year, Green Bay won 41-17, and then two years ago, they won 37-10. However, both of those games were on, were they were in January, so they were late in the season, so outdoor late in Lambeau. Obviously, Kirk Cousins is going to struggle that game, but their defense also didn't show up, which concerns me a little bit, so maybe this Packers offense and Matt LaFleur just knows how to beat them pretty easily. Um, another stat that blew my mind, the Vikings defense is allowing 74% completion percentage from opposing quarterbacks. Like that number is insanely high that they're giving up three out of four passes. Um, I don't like this pick. I am going to take the Packers at home here. And this is with them losing three in a row really should be five in a row because they had that crazy saints comeback. without that. They would have lost five straight games. But I just think this is a matchup. And again, Minnesota, huge win on Monday night. Somehow beat the 49ers. We all look like idiots in the other video. And I just don't, I don't think they keep the momentum rolling. I'm going to take Green Bay at home, especially after they got embarrassed in Denver. So they got to turn it around somewhere. Okay. So you got Green Bay at home. I'll throw in my prediction. I do think that the Vikings are going to win this game. It's crazy because I was saying this before we started, like that they're going to end up being a 4-4 four and four team. A few weeks ago, we thought that they were going to trade Kirk Cousins. Is he going to be a Jed? Is he going to be a Titan? Who knows? Um, but now it looks like that the Vikings are going to be competing for 
even possibly the division. Like they're not too far behind Detroit if they do win this game, but definitely a wild card spot in the NFC. So yeah, I got Minnesota winning this game on the road. They are one and a half point favorites. Tom, what do you got here? You'd be the deciding pick. I think I'm going to go with the Vikings as well. Um, although the Vikings are super banged up, they've already been without Jeff and Jefferson for a couple of games now. Hawkinson, I'm looking at the injury report right now, and it looks like Hawkinson, I believe he was a DMP um, the last two days. So I'm going to say he's probably not going to play with his foot or his ankle. Um, but other than that, they're pretty healthy. Um, they ha- And they have... A couple key uh, injuries on the Packers side. Um, Luke Musgrave has been a DMP all week, so he, they're probably going to be starting a backup tight end. And Jair Alexander was limited on Wednesday and DMP on Thursday. So that's pretty big, to Unless they treat that as his veteran rest day, I know the Packers are super um, cautious when it comes to injured uh, players, especially their stars. So if they're down um, Jair Alexander, I think it kind of cancels out the whole... Um, damage of a Vikings receiving core and Jordan Addison has been playing fantastic so I think like you said the Packers are just really trending down where they look they look straight up bad um and, and it's divisional game and I know in the past the Packers have blown the Vikings out but these are two different teams these are um just completely different points in the season I think the Vikings get to four and four here and kind of nuts because now they're like a game or two from Justin Jefferson potentially coming back and they could be 500 and in full swing for a wild card. And when they were 0-3, we're like, this team's done. They might be like a 3-14 and team. But now they could be 4-4, four and four, and I'm rooting for them. For sure. Beating San Francisco last Monday night when nobody expected to uh, them to was just completely massive to change their season um, if they were able to win this Sunday um, at Green Bay. So uh, game we'll hop uh, into next. Is it in your conference matchup where we got the Detroit Lions hosting the Deshaun watson West? Cleveland, or excuse me, the Seattle Seahawks, not the Detroit Lions, um, hosting the D- or the Cleveland Browns with no Deshaun Watson. After last week, Deshaun Watson had arguably the greatest fantasy performance of all time, ended the game with negative fantasy points. So you'd be better off starting Jimmy Garoppolo last week or Dak Prescott, who were on buys and injured than Deshaun Watson in your fantasy week. Uh, so they're going to Seattle. This is going to be a really tough matchup for the Browns, but we know how good their defense is. They won with P.J. Walker last week in a really entertaining game against the Indianapolis Colts. The Seahawks are definitely favorites in this game. They are by three and a half points. Um, there isn't really expected to be a whole lot of points in this game for sure. Tom, do you think Seattle's going to win this game at home or Cleveland's going to go to five and two, most of their wins being without Deshaun Watson? I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to take the Seahawks here. Um, the Seahawks defense is um, great in the secondary and they have a couple good pass rushers. That's a bad recipe for P.J. Walker. Um, the Colts, that was a shootout last game, but the Seahawks defense is a bit different. They're going into Seattle, which is one of the toughest stadiums to play in. Um, I think they get to Geno here, and Miles Garrett continues his potential defensive player of the year campaign uh, with probably seven different types of filling up the stat sheet. So I'm going to take the uh, Seahawks here. Okay. Dom, you think as well, or you, you like Cleveland here on the road? No, I'm taking Seattle too. I don't. I know the Browns scored almost 40 points last week, but last week's game was you could put an asterisk next to it because that was just a weird game overall. Um, I don't see the Browns scoring more than like 15 points in this game. Having to go into Seattle, having to play that defense, I just don't see it happening. And I think the Seattle offense will be able to score at least 15 on this Browns defense, which the Colts showed 
is beatable. Um, again, no Watson. They and I think um, the fact that Cleveland doesn't have Jerome Ford this week, the fact that Kareem Hunt is pretty banged up, their whole offense is very limited. I mean, Weatherspoon might be able to just lock down Amari Cooper like easily, like take him out of the entire game like he's been the past few now. So I think Seattle wins this one, and I don't. I think again it's gonna be low scoring, so like the Browns are probably gonna be within one possession the entire game. But I I don't think Seattle will struggle overall. All right, so this is our first game where we all have the same team. I'm also taking the Seattle Seahawks in this one. So look out, Cleveland Browns. They might have the edge now. Uh, so definitely game of the week at 425. So yeah, no like elite primetime games this week. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to San Francisco. Bengals coming off a bye. Niners coming off a very disappointing loss. And it looks like Brock Purdy might not play. I don't think he's been officially ruled out, but it doesn't think, look good. I think he is. I think he is playing. Oh, he's he going to play with the concussion? So oh. you that means... Well, he practiced, so... Play. Oh, wow. I saw that somebody... Um, I think it might have been Schefter that tweeted. Uh, I forgot who, but they said, like, Kenny Pickett last year was, like, the last player to play the same week after receiving, like, a concussion or... Oh, yeah, it was on Monday he, night, right? Schefter, like, switched it up. He, like, tweeted that, and then he tweeted something else. Like, I think he caught himself in his own, like, lie, and then, like, trying to, like, get out of it. So, I think he did fix that tweet. Damn. I was kind of hoping to see Sam Darnold, just because I want to see Sam Darnold in Ew. the Kyle Shanahan <laughs> offense. No, I think he could be good, obviously. No, hold like, on. I think he returned to practice, but he has to, he really has to clear all four stages of the concussion protocol, like, like very, very, very swiftly. Um, he is until Sunday to clear it, so we'll find out, I guess, like, tomorrow um if he's like, like gonna clear it or not but it's kind of crazy that if he pull if he pulls up playing on a monday i'm gonna say probably i think it's probably like a 60 40 chance that he's out damn yeah i i think they should just rest him at this point like i feel like the risk is too big to like have purdy be out for longer kind of just maybe get another concussion when you could still win with sam darnold with the rest of this team um around him it's not like impossible i don't think we're gonna see carolina panthers darnold or new york jets darnold uh they're gonna be without Debo samuel um and trent williams is currently questionable but i, I still think they're able to win without brock purdy if that were to happen tom who do you think is gonna win this game here at 425 on sunday uh, I want to say that the Bengals find some way to pull it off, but I think San Francisco, like, last year we thought the Niners were done when Jimmy when Jimmy G got hurt, or when Trey Lance got hurt, and then they win 10 games of Jimmy G in a row. Then Jimmy G gets hurt, and Brock Purdy wins six in a row. I just, I think this, this Shanahan offense is quarterback proof. Um, so, I'm going to, I think I'm going to take the Niners here. Um, the, like, if you, if you want to just play conservatively, like, when you have Donald at quarterback, even if Brock Purdy's out. If Brock Purdy's playing, I'm definitely taking the Niners. But even with Donald, I think if you want to just make it a Christian McCaffrey game, like, there's worse things in the world than feeding Christian McCaffrey 25 times in a game. So I'm going to pick the Niners. Okay. Dom, you think the same way? Or you like Cincy on the road? No, I do. I do like the Niners to bounce back here. We mentioned last week how they lost to the Vikings. And then here's here's a stat that means everything and nothing at the exact same time. No team has ever lost to Kirk Cousins and then gone on to make the Super Bowl. So the 49ers are just out of the running now for the Super Bowl, which Where is unfortunate. Where do you find these? Uh, this one's from Action Network. <laughs> they, but, like, I mean, think about it. Kirk Cousins has been in the league now like 13 years. He's never beaten a team that's then gone on to the Super Bowl. Or he's, nev- he's never lost no, a team he's team. beat. A team he's beat has never gone on to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. A team he's beat. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, said, you, you said it right the first time. 
Yeah, so like he he beat the Niners, so now the Niners won't go to the Super Bowl oh, based okay. on the yeah, past I was thirteen say the years. Eagles last year, but the Eagles beat him. All right, that's interesting. So just one thing to keep an eye on, but <laughs> I'm still taking the Niners here. Uh, the Bengals rushing defense is 29th, and their rushing offense is 31st. So if if San Fran can just completely eliminate the run and then only have to worry about Jamar Chase because every other wide receiver they have has kind of been irrelevant this year. And if Christian McCaffrey can just run the ball like he normally does, or Mason, or even if they give um, Mitchell some carries, like I think this Niners offense overall will just be able to take advantage of this defense. Being at home, I mean, maybe we are now in the part of the season where Joe Burrow usually like flips a switch and becomes like elite, and they're 3-3 three and three after starting awful, so they've already kind of started that, but I'm still taking the Niners at home here. I wouldn't be fully shocked if the Bengals pull off the upset, but no matter who starts a quarterback, I'm taking the Niners. Uh, I really wanted to pick the Bengals here, but I'm just not going to. I'm going to pick the 49ers um, here to win, and we all think that they are going to win this game against the Bengals. Uh, we all thought the Seahawks are going to beat the Browns. Tom had the Rams beating the Cowboys, so he thinks it's going to be a big weekend for the NFC West. He probably also thinks that the Cardinals are going to beat the Ravens, so you can lock that Let's in go. for him. <laughs> so, yeah, we all got San Francisco here. We'll hop to the upset pick of the weeks. Um, there's definitely a bunch of candidates. I think, like, if I chose the Bengals, like, they could have been an easy pick. Um, I ended up picking basically all favorites, which is super lame, and that's, like, not something I've done over the last couple of weeks, or basically all season. But there's definitely some nice upset picks, and I know mine, so I'm going to go first. I'm going Carolina Panthers are getting their first one of the season this week against the Houston Texans at home. They're three-point underdogs, so not even like a huge underdog, um, especially being at home. But I do think Bryce Young is going to finally get his first win here against the Texans coming off the bye week. And I think, yeah, we're going to see finally some celebrations here in Charlotte. And I got the Panthers as my upset pick of the week. Uh, I'll throw it to uh, Tom next. Who do you have if you have it ready? So I was between two. Um, but I remembered that the Titans are having a quarterback committee this week, which I feel like is a recipe for disaster. What? <laughs> no, I was just saying Will Levis. I'm excited. I got him in Dynasty. Oh, oh. The, <laughs> I, um, all right. And everything else is really kind of a big spread, so I, I, I have to do it here. Like, I don't want to, but I think I have to take the Giants. Yeah. Um, because the, the, spread, the spread is there for, like, a decent – um, you know, ability for an upset at least. It could be a low-scoring game with two good defenses, and if it, I could see this wind up being like a 19-17 game or something like that, um, I don't think both teams score 20 points. Uh, I'd like like to make it very clear, I'm not picking this because I'm a Giant fan. I'm picking it because I think it just makes the most sense of the rest of the board. I don't really want to do it. Um but I'm gonna, so I guess I have to take the Giants here. All right, so we both got plus three underdogs this weekend. Dom, what do you got here? I'm I'm sticking with you, Matt. I'm taking the Panthers plus three. Okay. Uh, Frank Frank Reich is four and zero off a bye. So, and again, the Panthers they have to win a game eventually. Um, obviously, the talk is who's better, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, and I'm pretty sure Frank Reich was like, you can't make a decision after a few weeks. We have our long-term guy or something like he was defending Bryce Young pretty hard to the media mm -hmm. so hopefully that fires him up a little bit they come out they finally get their win because I mean coming off a of bye playing the Houston Texans like that's kind of one of the best situations they're going to be in all season so it's kind of now or never for them to get a win yeah so Tom you also like Rams plus six against the Cowboys yeah based off um, your prediction I will say I, I'm 
I thought that spread for some reason was three and a half, and then you guys said it. But I'm gonna stick with it. I'm sticking my guns. Right. Um, I was I think maybe I was looking at the Seattle game last night when I was uh kind of looking at the the spreads. I confused myself, but uh, I still I still stand by my reasoning. So I'm gonna pick the Rams. There we go. Hey, I mean, if if you like it at three and a half, you're gonna love it at six. So. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I may I, I may have if I were a betting man, I may have bought it up to. Uh, I'm to six and a half, just so I can be sure. There we go. So, uh, yeah, those are pretty much our upset pick of the weeks. I also do like maybe the commanders that are pretty noticeable underdogs at home, plus seven, um, point underdogs at home against Philly. Philly seems to play down to uh, Washington, so I think that could be a sneaky one if you're looking for a long shot as well. Uh, so now we'll have uh, disclaimer though. I will say, to- hold on, before we keep going, commanders, the Giants didn't score a touchdown for three games. Then they lit up two to the Giants. So their defense must be really bad. Oh, it's not and good. the Eagles' offense is really good. So the Eagles win this game by – if you let up two touchdowns to the Giants, your team might be the worst team of all time. Well, but they also played earlier in the year, and the score was like 35-31 or something. I don't remember. No, I know. Something just, in the 30s. I, I, I was just, I was just <laughs> again, pointing to how horrible the Giants were yeah. from weeks four through six. And the Commanders – Ended the Eagles' undefeated season last year, but the yep. game earlier in the year and that game last year were both in Philly, so maybe Philly just owns Washington in uh, Landover. So we'll hop into our trade deadline predictions here. We're just going to go through a bunch of players and each kind of put a percentage point on if we think they're actually going to get traded at the deadline. A lot of it gets kind of complicated with contracts and like if teams want to actually give up draft picks here um, because a lot of draft picks, a lot of value in the league. So teams are definitely kind of iffy if they do want to give up. We did see like a major trade last year with Christian McCaffrey. It was a little bit before the deadline, but he went from Carolina to San Francisco. So hopefully we do see some major trade this deadline um, in a sense. And yeah, uh, Dom, I'll throw it to you first. First name you just want to talk about, throw it out there. We'll give some percentage points on it. And if we think they'll get traded or not. Yeah. So I think the most talked about guy is probably Derrick Henry. I feel safe assuming that. Um, He will be an unrestricted free agent after this season. And it looks like the Bills, Chiefs, and Ravens are all the favorites for him. I personally don't see him getting traded to any of those teams. I don't really see him getting traded in general. I think the the Titans' entire offense is built around him. If the Titans can win this week, they'll be 3-4. and They'll be right on pace to finish right around 500. They play... Um, they play the Texans twice in December, so you know Derrick Henry's gonna have like 400 rushing yards in those games. So like, I think they're going to hold on to him. I think it's gonna be very low. I'll say like 15% chance he gets traded. Tom, you think low as well? You think he's gonna get traded? Yeah, I mean, you heard his name so much, but Dom did bring up good points, and and I think I think if a team were to do it, it'd be the Ravens. Or I I saw some stuff to Philly as like a little dark horse kind of. Uh, a dark horse pick, but even though the Eagles have a better running back on the goal line, which is one yard line Jalen Hurts, so I will. I think is a higher than a fifteen. I think I would say it's like a like around a 50-50 shot. He just he gets traded. Oh, wow, if the Titans do win this week, then it really may be like they might just stick to their game plan and uh, roll with Will Levis for the rest of the year if this quarterback committee ends up well. Yeah, I think it's a 5% chance he's going to get traded. I just don't see it happening. The trade deadline is Tuesday, and like you said, if they do win this weekend, like if the if these NFL teams have just a glimmer of hope that they will get the 7th seed in the playoffs like to go as a wild card, they're not going to really 
quote-unquote blow up their team at all um i do think like philly i mean i don't think it's really worth it unless you're giving up like a sixth rounder fifth rounder i know derrick henry's better than deandre swift but i don't think it's worth it giving up valuable draft picks just to marginally upgrade your running back position and maybe baltimore makes a trade probably they should because he'd be a massive upgrade over gus edwards but i just i don't know i I just don't think they they're gonna make that trade they did make a big trade for roquan smith in the past so maybe they'll make another splash here and that was a big trade that happened last year at the deadline uh so i'm gonna put it at five percent dom you said 15 right Yep, and then, I'm gonna say 45 total. Uh, total <laughs> final position. You're you're dropping it from 50. Well, I said around 50 50, and then and then I said you know I I I was really trying to convince myself of reasons why he would rather than wouldn't. So I'm gonna say a slight below 50. Okay, so uh, next we'll hop into some Bronco receivers. Both are definitely going to be in some trade tar- uh, trade conversations over the next few days. We'll see what happens um, this Sunday when they're home against the Chiefs. Probably is not going to end in a win, especially since Mahomes has never lost to the Broncos. So there'd be two and six. And yeah, they would be silly not to move on from Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. I'll just start with Cortland Sutton. I actually do think he has a higher chance of getting traded than Jerry Judy. He's been better this year. I think he would uh, return more value. And he's a little bit older as well than Judy. So uh, whoever your next quarterback is, maybe when have that long of a lifespan with him so i'm gonna say that there's a 60 percent chance that Cortland Sutton does get moved by tuesday's trade deadline to a team i'm not really sure i mean it would be cool if he ended up on like the kansas city chiefs but i doubt we see him get traded in division as well um maybe there's a team like cleveland that wants another receiving target but probably maybe not great with deshaun watson being out teams like the pats that could have used a quarterback probably not gonna make a move since or excuse me need a receiver but not gonna make a move since they're kind of out of the playoff race but i do think that enough teams maybe like dallas will go out and make a trade for Cortland Sutton because I do think he'll cost a little bit less than Jerry Judy. So I'm going to say 60%. Tom, what do you think for Sutton? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely above 50-50 shot. Um, I think I think there's I think that there's an even chance, like I think there's the same amount of percentage chance that both of them would get moved rather than one rather than the other. But I think you got to give up more for Judy and he's been not obviously not great this year at all. Sutton has been better. Um and I think the two teams to watch, the Jets and the and in the beginning of the year, Frank Reich said it, they're still looking to upgrade wide receivers and to help out Bryce Young. The Panthers could mm-hmm. make if it's a slight splash here, you know, give up like a, a fourth or whatever or a third maybe, and then you know see what they have in the connection and maybe because Adam Thielen's what thirty three now, like he's not going to do this next year. Like, you may need somebody who can be a reliable guy for Bryce Young in years to come. So, I think there's definitely um, around, I think 60 sounds about good. Um, that one of the, I don't think both of them get moved. I think one of them's going to get moved. So, you think that Jerry Judy would net a bigger return than Cortland Sun? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, based off like age and still potential, I guess draft capital. He's got the Najee Harris because Colton's on. He already got his. He already got paid, right? Yeah, he's due thirteen yeah. million next year in twenty four, and then thirteen and a half in twenty five. He's a free agent Is in twenty twenty six. Yeah, you can oh, you yeah. can get out of it pretty easy. Yeah, and Judy, I believe, has. Uh, One year. His fifth-year option was picked up. Yeah, so he's an unrestricted in 2025. So you better hope you can turn his his career around in 2024. You're probably not going to want to extend him. Yeah, I'm actually looking at Corlin Sun's contract now. Um, Pretty good. There's an out after 2024. So you only really – and I think it might even be – it's an out after this year. Do you mean I like you cut him with not a large cap hit? Yeah, only seven point six million in dead cap. Oh, um, I, and I don't even think you would want to cut him too. I think he's been serviceable enough for like if you give mm-hmm, up a. Yeah. I don't know what draft pick you would give up for him if it's going to be a third. I don't think it'll be a second. But oh, we did see. Yeah. Who, who was the receiver? It wasn't um, 
You'll know who I'm talking about. I'm going to try to think of it for a second. Was it Mohamed Sanu that went to the Pats for like a second from the Falcons at the trade deadline? Everyone's yeah. like, why the hell are they giving up a second for Mohamed Sanu? And they like, and then, yeah, like that was the year, quick, right? Yeah. That was the year they were like 9 0 or 10 0, right? And they lost the Titans in the playoffs. The Pats? It might have been, yeah, because I don't think they won it all that year. Oh my God, yeah. Okay, so I don't. But I mean, I feel like Corin Slynn's probably better than Mohamed Sanu was at that point in his career. Um, so I do. I said 60. Tom also said 60. Dom, what do you think about Sutton? I think Sutton's lower than that. Um, if we're doing both the guys, I think Judy has a much higher chance of being traded away. I think Sutton. Unless Sutton's fetching them a high pick, and also like I don't think anyone's really going to want to potentially take on him. Like I mean, we talked about if you want to keep him, his cap it is relatively high for a thirty-year-old receiver the next few years. If you want to keep him, if not, you're essentially just saying, all right, we'll trade a pick away and eat about eight million in dead cap next year, which seems a little silly to me. Um, unless they're getting like that second-round pick you mentioned, I think I think Sutton will remain with the Broncos. So I'm gonna say. I'll say a 30%. I think it's lower than you guys had. Um, for Judy, though, I think Judy's much higher. I think it's more likely than not that he does get traded. Um, I think the Colts are the obvious team. Everyone keeps talking about them. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions went after Judy. Because, I mean, after Amon Ra, they don't really have a great number two. Judy hasn't been great this year, but maybe in that offense he can turn it around. And I did have the Patriots written down, too. Maybe they can get him for the low and then use him next year. Um but I'm going to say Judy probably has a 70% chance of getting traded, in my opinion, with one year left on his deal. Okay. I was going to go 40% for Judy um, here at this deadline. I do think like they're going to be different on what they want in return and what teams want to give up just because of what Judy's been in his career and what the basically the Broncos drafted him to be. So I was going to say 40, and I think that Sutton has a little bit of a bigger chance. Tom, what do you think for Judy? Um, I think Sutton does... I think Judy may have the bigger chance. I think Judy, I think, Dom, you say 70%? Is that, was that your number? Yeah, I think yeah, he's pretty I'm, I'm going to roll with 70 here for Judy. I think just because although you would have to give up more, like, I think teams are a little, teams could be a little more optimistic about what Judy could bring them, at least medium term, um, especially because they have him for next year as well, and then they could they can, they can extend him uh, in the uh, next season, he may just need one of those change of scenery type things. And wide receivers really tend to kind of fall off a cliff after like the year thirty-one season. So suddenly only has like one more year, like historically, of like being, you know, the top 35, 40 receiver he is. He's gonna want to being getting worse in what it is thirty-two, thirty-three season. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did just turn twenty-eight though. So you, yeah, that's oh, gonna be tough. He was thirty. No, he's twenty-eight. Uh, and he just turned it like, three oh. weeks ago, I think. Yeah, three weeks okay. ago. Oh. All right. Um, He's going to be 30 in the last year of his contract. So, yeah, you oh, hope you could I, squeeze I, I, as much. You that, I understood that wrong. Yeah, you could squeeze um, as much out of him as you can and then uh, probably gets uh, like yeah. a. All right. You know what? Whatever. I'll still roll with Judy. I think he's more talented anyway. Okay, so you got 60% Sun, 70% Judy. So you think this Broncos offense is going to look so bad for the rest of the season after Tuesday? With Well, I think I think if one gets traded first, the other is going to significantly decrease, if, go, if not go to zero. I don't think Sean Payne says, okay, yeah, Ross, go throw to uh Greg Dulcich the rest of the season. Marvin Mims. Come on. Marvin Mims, true. Yeah, Marvin Mims Javante Williams. Of, he had he somehow had negative fantasy points in two games. How do you have negative points in two games the water <laughs> he had he had negative uh like rushes like it was like a jet sweep or something. That's crazy. <laughs> uh yeah you could trade for Javante Williams. He'll be great in the uh the receiving game. If you want Puka Nakuya for Javante Williams. And if you don't want to do Puka I will do Cooper Cup Tom so like we could settle on that. 
Um, Go to the next guy, man. <laughs> you can actually bring up the next guy. Who do you want to talk about? Oh, uh, I was going to bring up for the next uh, person. I was going to bring up Jalen Johnson. Um, I think the Bills and like the 49ers, they could or Dallas, they could all use um, a corner, and I think that's kind of what many people would consider the missing piece. Dallas usually is a team that kind of sits at the trade deadline and doesn't really do much because Jerry Jones thinks his team is the 85 Bears. Um, so I think the Bills are probably the most likely to trade for him. Um, he leaves the conference as well, which is good for the Bears. Uh, I'm going to pick probably around a, a 50-50 shot that he does leave because um, you, we typically don't really see defensive backs go for crazy packages at the trade deadline. I think the NFL trade deadline, like, the more we talk about it, it's just so hard to judge. Like, you think guys are, like, certainly gone, and then, like, they just, and then the teams just stay put, and guys don't go anywhere. But I think his most likely landing spot is the Bills. I'm going to give him, like, a 50-50 shot. And I think there's probably, like, a 40% chance he winds up going to a team like the Niners or the Cowboys. Or, okay, so you want 50% chance. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 30 with him just because of his age and maybe the Bears do see him as a part of a future plan. Um, and yeah, they might need to extend him in. They still have a little bit of cap and maybe they're going to even save a little bit more with moving on from Fields and drafting a new quarterback. Um, actually, I don't even know what the difference of like Fields' year four contract would be to the number one overall pick. But either way, I do I think, think it's, that... It's probably a little bit higher. Yeah, it probably can't be too much. But I think I think he's going to probably stay. Like you said, the trade deadline kind of ends up being a little bit disappointing towards the end of it. Um, so I'll put it at a 30% chance. Dom, what do you think? Yeah, so, Tom, for all the people at home that don't know much about Jalen Johnson, just yes or no, is he a good player? It's all right. Okay, he's, I mean... He's 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 good enough for a team that really needs a defensive back on a good defensive, with a good defensive unit, and are able to upgrade their teams. I mean, I think he's probably going to wind up netting, what, maybe like, a, maybe like a fourth or a fifth. I think he's worth that. I don't think people can be. He's not. He's not like. I mean, Jalen Ramsey just went for a third. Yeah, but his so contract also significant. That's why. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say he stays with the Bears. I'll put it at. I'll say like 25. percent I mean, he. The fact that he's only 24, and if he's only worth really a fourth round pick, I don't see him demanding a huge contract. So the Bears still need defensive help, and he's young. He's. So I'm going to say that uh, they're going to want to hold on to him instead of trying to get, like, a fourth-round pick. Okay. There we go. Uh, Dom, who do you want to talk about next? Um, I have a duo of players from the same team, uh, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, both just continually being talked about. Um, they're both unrestricted free agents. It's It seems like Chase Young is pretty much gone after this season no matter what, which makes me assume he'll get traded now. Um. Just teams overall that need pass rushers. The Lions could use one opposite of Hutchinson. The Chiefs could use a new pass rusher. And the Ravens, if you get another pass rusher for them, they would just become insane. Um, I think Chase Young is probably, I'll say 65% for Chase Young. And I'll put Montez Sweat at like 50-50. If they get blown away with an offer for um, Sweat, I think they will move him. I think he'll net more. Chase Young's probably worth like a third round pick. I don't think it's anything crazy. Um, third round might even be too high for him, honestly. It might just be name value. But I think the fact that where this commander's team is, where um, how their contracts are both off the books after this year, I think they'll try to move on from them and get anything they can. 
right. Uh, so what you you said fifty for Sweat? What'd you say for Chase Young? Uh, sixty-five. Sixty-five. Oh wow. So you do think Young is gonna get moved? It's funny because I'm looking at. I think uh, you will. Yeah. Okay. I was looking at um Matcha Sweat's uh, spot track just for his contract information, and he's been through three generations of Washington logos. I now. saw all all the different logos. Yeah. Yeah. I forget that the football team had a different logo, and it was just I guess primarily just yellow, and now it's mm-hmm. red with a yellow outline. Um, I'm gonna be a little bit more conservative. I'm gonna say for Chase Young, I don't know. Like the Commanders are th- three and four. I mean, yeah, like a lot kind of rely or kind of, I guess, entails on I think they pull off a massive upset against the Eagles this weekend, which is probably not going to happen. But if they do, I don't think either one of these guys will get traded if they do uh, go to four and four. I'm going to say Chase Young. I'm going to put him also at like a 20%. Um, I mean, I said five for Henry and that was conservative. So I should probably even go lower. I'm going to go 10% for Chase Young and I'm going to go. It's definitely easier to trade Chase Young than Sweat just due to cap hit. Uh... So I guess I'm going to go 5% for Manchester Sweat. I'm going to be very conservative here with the commanders at the deadline. Tom, what do you think? You're going to be more like Don that they're most likely to go or me like that not likely to go? No, I think I'm, I think I'm going to be more on your side here, Matt. I'm going to, I'm going to have the percentages for both of them lower. I think Chase Young is a little below 50. I think, I think Chase Young would probably be like 40% chance he gets traded. Like Montez Sweat, like a 30% chance. I I just don't – I don't really see um, – like this, I think this Chase Young situation is very similar to the Jerry Judy situation last year, where the Broncos wanted absurd value and nobody's offering it, uh, that to them for um, a person with star potential um, like Chase Young is. Well, so we've thought over the last few years, but he's uh, been super injured. I think he, they, I think they both stay put in Washington. I think um, Ron Rivera f- f- uh, finishes out his all-time bad coaching campaign and gets fired after this year, and then they start fresh next year. Uh, while losing a ton of value they could have acquired for both those guys. Yeah, uh, but I guess something I should have maybe considered, new owner syndrome, it happens all the time in uh, sports with like Josh Harris maybe coming in as the new owner and being like, all right, let's actually get some value here at the deadline. I mean, the Broncos did it with like the Walmart people, like owning the Broncos immediately yeah. trades for Russell Wilson. It happens all the time in the NBA with like Matt Ishbia buying the Suns, immediately getting Kevin Durant. Uh, when A-Rod bought the Timberwolves, immediately went out and traded for Rudy Gobert. So um, it happens with new owners. So maybe there's a chance we'll see kind of something crazy. And I definitely think we could see something crazy happening with the commanders in the offseason for sure. Um, probably Probably the best player we have mentioned so far, I'm going to bring up next, and that's Brian Burns of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we talked about it before. This team is 0-6, and they um, have their best player being a free agent at the end of the year. Obviously, there's a good chance he would get tagged if he still remained on the Carolina Panthers, but do $16 million cap hit this year. Uh, he's still 25 years old. He's one of the best pass rushers in D-Lyman in the NFL. You would have to trade for him, and you would have to extend him. So similar to Bradley Chubb, you could say, of last year. Um, so... It's going to be tough for him to go, but it would make sense for Carolina. Um, Even though you could extend him into his prime, you have a rookie quarterback, so you do have the money to spend. So I think that's what's going to hold it back a little bit for me. Now, I feel like Denver was never going to pay Bradley Chubb. Um, So I think there was more likely chance of him getting moved. I'm going to say that there's a... I'm going to say a 30% chance of Brian Burns going to move just because I think that Carolina could think about extending him and a team that needs to give up a first-round pick, most likely, and extend him. That might drive the uh, chance of that happening down a little bit. So I'm going to go 30. I'll throw it to Tom next. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go. A little, I'm going to say 25. I'm going to go a little lower. Um, this off season, there was all, there were all those talks about Brian Burns wanting out, and the and he was holding out of practice. He wanted um, an extension. The Panthers didn't give it to him. 
they're just not on the same page whatsoever. I don't think Brian Burns is happy there at all. Um, but I do think the Panthers wind up holding on to him for this year in an attempt to let the new coaching regime kind of see if they can pull it out, like you said, with the rookie quarterback contract. I think everything with this Brian Burns situation has played out the opposite of what should happen. So I'm going to say it continues that way, and it just ends messy, and he leaves next year. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go low also. I'm going to say like 20%, just because I don't know if a team, with a player like Brian Burns, you're going to want a big return, especially when the team currently doesn't have a first-round pick. You would mostly, you want at least that so you can get some value. I don't know if anyone would fully offer that. Um, I think if they do get a first-round pick and then say another mid-round, like a third and or a fourth tagged onto it, I think they could. But the fact that they can just tag him and hold him hostage next year, like I think I think there's more likely he'll get traded in the offseason, if anything. So I'm going to say low at a 20 here. Okay, sounds good. So we're all pretty low on Brian Burns. For the final couple, we could just kind of go rapid fire a little bit and see. Um, so we could all just kind of bring somebody to the table, just give you a percentage point, and we can kind of wrap it up there. Uh, so, Tom, you can bring up the next guy to the table that you want. Um, I brought someone up before we started recording. You guys both shoved me down quick. Hollywood Brown. I think there's a higher chance than we think. But I don't think it's high. I think it'd probably go with like a 40% chance for him. Um, although Kyler Murray, apparently, uh, I read this morning that he Fully will be, he was he was off the injury report, which is kind of nuts. So shout out Kyler coming back. But I think um, Hollywood to a team like the Chiefs or the Chargers or the Jets could be uh, something to watch. But I think I'll, I'll still put it at like, I believe we just said 40. Okay. Dom, what do you think for Hollywood? If I could go less than zero, I would. There is no way that Kyler finally comes back and then they ship off one of his best friends, ship off one of his best receivers he's ever played with. Like, I just don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going to say zero. Now, granted, if a team if a team's crazy and gives them a first-round pick for him, I think you do it. But I don't think anyone's offering that, so 0% chance for me. Yeah. He is a free agent at the end of this year, though, right? I believe he is, but I think they're going to try to resign him like they'll have the cap. No, that makes sense with the collar connection. I was going to put it at a 5% because, yeah, I don't think that they're going to blow it up right now. I think, like, if it's collar next year, even if it's Caleb Williams or a different quarterback, I think there's still a chance, like, you would want um, Hollywood Brown with that new quarterback since he is only 26 years old, and he's been very good so far since coming over to Arizona. It does seem like maybe Baltimore misused him a little bit, so I think maybe a 5% chance. I'll just throw another receiver out there, Hunter Renfro of the... Las Vegas Raiders. Um, he's been the third receiving option and the receiving core. And now with like the emergence of the rookie tight end Michael Mayer, he's kind of like the fourth option at this point um, with obviously Demonte Adams and Jacoby Myers. So uh, it looks like that Hunter Redfro will probably get moved. I think like that's one that like would be very shocking if he doesn't. So I'm going to put it at a, uh, this might be my highest one. I haven't gotten a, like I put 60 for sudden. I'm going to go 70 for Hunter Renfro here to get moved at the deadline. Dom, what do you have for uh, Renfro? Uh, I'm going to go a little higher. I'll say 75%. I think he's gone. I think whichever, if Judy or Son either don't get traded or a team misses out on them, I think they'll come get Renfro. He's worth, Renfro's worth basically like nothing, honestly. Like he's probably like a pick swap. Like give Renfro and a seventh, you probably get back like a fifth. Like, I think that's probably what it'll come down to, and I think it is yeah. very likely he gets traded. I think he's a good receiver too, like a good slot receiver. He basically has one year left on his deal, Um, and in 2024 but yeah i think there is a potential out as well uh for next year so it's definitely low risk to acquire him tom what do you have for renfro yeah i think it's definitely a higher chance i think it's uh definitely above 50 i'll probably say like i'll say 65 percent chance he gets moved um 
But like Dom said, like you pretty much would have to go nothing for him. So I think that also helps the cause, and he does nothing for the Raiders right now, and they're not in Super Bowl contention. So okay, going sixty-five. Dom, who would your final guy be? Uh, only other guy I really had written down was Daniel Hunter, just because there's so many rumors. But if the fact the Vikings could get to four and four, I think they hold on to him. Um, apparently in the offseason he was almost shipped to Jacksonville, so maybe keep an eye on the Jags for him. But the fact the Vikings season has turned around, I think it's going to be low for him at this point. I'll say I'll say 25. Mm, I'll, yeah, I'll go 25% for him. Yeah, I think 25 sounds about sounds about right, Dom. I think had they lost the Niners last week, it'd be a significantly higher chance. But now they're playing back for 500 again in a very winnable game. And I think they wind up holding on to him. Yeah, I agree with uh, Tom as well. I think, yeah, it could have been different if the the Vikings were looking to sell at this point, but it doesn't really look like that's going to happen. So I'm going to go with 20% that he gets moved at this deadline as well. Um, so yeah, we kind of just went through a bunch of names. Hopefully we do see a couple of these guys and maybe some guys that we didn't mention as well possibly get moved at the deadline. Um, it was definitely a better one last year uh, with guys like Chubb and McCaffrey and Roquan Smith getting moved throughout the season. So hopefully we see some notable names this year. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for the week eight preview. Hope you guys did enjoy. If you're watching on youtube we'd appreciate you dropping a thumbs up letting us know how you thought about the episode in the comments below and subscribe if you are not already and if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify we'd appreciate a rating and review over there as well and yeah so you guys will see our week eight reaction early next week hopefully that will come out before the trade deadline um and then we'll obviously have a trade deadline reaction for the following week preview so you can be on the lookout for that and yeah thank you guys all for watching and listening and we'll catch y'all in the next one peace